goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Oh man, it is Friday, April 6th, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm tired. I feel a little beat, uh, and you know, I can't complain about it. Because at 11 o'clock last night, when I finished my homework, I made a decision. I said, Zach, it's 11 o'clock. You can either go to bed or you can go with your friends to a bar. I chose to go to a bar. I was only there for about two and a half hours. I got home. You know, I was, I left by 11. I was home by 1.30. Two and a half hours. Doesn't matter, right? Mm Mm-mm. Wrong. Every single decision we make has consequences. I made a bad decision, not, not a terrible decision, but definitely not a good decision. But I'm not the only person who made a bad decision yesterday. I think it's pretty clear. You know, I know, we all know what the biggest story of the day is today. To me, Conor McGregor and what happened with him is the biggest story in sports. Yesterday, UFC champion, MMA fighter, Conor McGregor showed up uninvited at a UFC event. It was a UFC 223's media day. Conor McGregor was not scheduled to attend the event. He was not scheduled to have a fight. And what Conor McGregor did is Conor McGregor attacked a bus. Him and his entourage stormed a bus as it was leaving the Barclays Center in New York. Conor McGregor is on video grabbing a dolly, like the kind of dolly, the metal dolly you push boxes around. He grabbed a dolly and threw it at a bus. A few of the fighters, a few of the UFC fighters that were on the bus got injured. They're not allowed to fight. And Conor McGregor was arrested and charged with three counts of assault and one count of criminal mischief. And, and as I'm seeing this unfold, it was awesome. One of the guys that watches the show reached out to me on Instagram. In fact, actually, a lot of people DM'd me about this yesterday. My first thought was, oh, my goodness, I know what this is. I've seen this before. And I realized... Conor McGregor is the Logan Paul of sports. So how? How does that happen? Who, and what does that even mean? Who is Logan Paul? Logan Paul is a YouTuber. Logan Paul is a daily vlogger. And the daily vlogging culture is really, really not great. What you do is you make a video about your life every single day if you are a daily vlogger like Logan Paul is. The problem with that culture is not every day is interesting. I'm sorry, I don't care who you are. It's impossible that your life is interesting enough to make an incredible video every single day. It's just not the truth. You got to take a break. You got to do something. And so what daily vloggers do is they puff their chest and they make, they do ridiculous stunts every single day to get views. Daily vloggers do more and more ridiculous things every single day. It's a bad culture. I hate it. I, I hate daily vloggers. It's fake. I, in fact, I would love just once to see a vlogger, a guy who makes videos every single day, say, hey, guess what? I'm having a bad day. I'm tired. My girlfriend broke up with me. I'm upset. We never see that. Daily vloggers are fake and you know, pretend motivational. It drives me nuts. Because it's impossible that every single day is crazy and fun. It's, it's a war of escalation on YouTube. It starts small. It's pranking your brother. Buying a car, bouncy house in your backyard. And every day has to be crazier and crazier before eventually you do something dangerous. It's a war of escalation. So who is Logan Paul? 
Logan Paul is part of this culture, a culture where we keep rewarding crazier and crazier behavior monetarily. Logan Paul makes money because of the crazy things he does. And until Logan Paul did something that was absolutely horrible. Logan Paul went to a forest in Japan. Logan Paul filmed a dead man hanging from a tree and put that on YouTube. And then Logan Paul went too far. He stepped over the line. He went way too far. And by the way, this is a problem in all of society. This is why the media is all out of whack. You, me, we all do it. We reward crazier and louder. The louder you are, the crazier you are, the more out there on either extreme, the more to one extreme side or the other you are, the more people pay attention. And I, I believe Logan Paul just got lost in the war of escalation. So much so that Logan Paul put a dead guy on YouTube. Now, boxing, MMA, UFC, it has all become crazy drama. In fact, we see YouTubers now boxing because of how crazy the culture is. It's this crazy trumped up culture where everybody, everything you do is you're doing more and more crazy stunts to try to grab attention. Conor McGregor has built his platform on loud and crazy behavior. We reward Conor McGregor for doing outrageous things. I do it too. I'm a part of it. I love it. When Conor McGregor's loud and obnoxious, I, I watch. It's interesting. You and I, we all do it. We reward bad behavior. Now, um, Conor McGregor, very similarly to Logan Paul. Yesterday, Conor McGregor took it too far. The war of escalation reached a tipping point and it went over the edge. Got too bad. It went too far. It went too crazy. But we, we're the reason that happened because we've rewarded Conor McGregor's actions to this point. Dana White, the president of USC, said Conor McGregor talked to him and Conor McGregor was trying to justify his actions. And, and by the way, I, I don't believe Dana White is involved in this at all. I don't think Dana White planned this. This was not a, a stunt to grab the attention for UFC. I, I think it did inadvertently. It's good for UFC, but that's beside the point. I truly believe Conor McGregor got lost in the caricature of himself. He's got this act. This act where he's crazy. To this point, Conor McGregor has been able to say and do anything he wants. Conor McGregor says and does whatever he wants, and we reward him for it. The crazier the stunt Conor McGregor pulls, the more attention he gets, and the more money he makes. And, and the most funny thing is that we're still going to reward him. I have no problem with it. I don't mind. I'm going to watch. If Conor McGregor fights again, I'll watch. We're all going to. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not really, I don't know that I'm trying to make it. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just pointing out. It's this culture that rewards crazy behavior and it's not going to stop. It's not going to end. Because of what Conor McGregor did yesterday in New York, more people will watch his next fight. The only way, this is the truth. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. And I don't condone Conor McGregor's behavior at all. But this is the truth. The truth is, yesterday, unless Conor McGregor is banned from fighting ever again, Conor McGregor attacking the bus yesterday actually helps him. And that's a scary thought. That's YouTube level stuff. That's scary. That's, that's a war of escalation we can't stop. Conor McGregor 
I don't know. I, I, I'm I, I'm still going to watch him fight. Are you going to watch him fight? Probably. And he's just going to keep doing crazier and crazier things. I don't have the answer. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just pointing out. That's the truth about Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's not going to change. And actually, what Conor McGregor did yesterday by attacking a bus, that helps him. I'm not saying what he did was right, but he's going to make more money next time he fights because of what he did yesterday. All right, we have a fun podcast. Oh, God dang, we are so lucky. This time of year is weird. You know, normally this time of year, there's no football. I'm miserable. Basketball is getting really good. Baseball's just started. And we have the NFL draft, a really good NFL draft with quarterbacks. The more quarterbacks that are in the NFL draft, the more interesting the NFL draft is. God dang, today we are going to talk about LeBron James. LeBron James might be an alien. Like, legitimately, I, I don't understand. He's, he's incredible. I don't talk about him as much as I probably should. I mean, LeBron James, for all we know, he's from another planet. My goodness. I don't believe Paul George. Paul George said something. I don't buy it. I don't believe it one bit. We're going to talk about the NBA MVP. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball. We're going to talk about the Patriots trade rumors. Are the Patriots going to try to go get Odell Beckham Jr.? Could that even work? Maybe they're going to make a trade and make a pull at Sam Darnold. Patriots, Bill Belichick, Sam Darnold. We'll talk about that. Really good stuff ahead. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. I film the show. If you're listening on, if you've never once seen my face on YouTube, go look it up. Give it us a subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. It'd be help. It'd be awesome. I do put the, I film it, put the entire show on YouTube. Share this with your friends. If you like this podcast as much as I do, I love it. This is my baby. If you like strong opinion sports, help me grow by telling your friends about it. Post it on Facebook, on Twitter. Hey, I watch this guy. He's crazy. He's loud. He's obnoxious, but he's reasonable or whatever, whatever you want to say. Tell us people why you watch my show. It would really help me. I would appreciate it very much. Okay. <clears throat> I suppose maybe we should go here next. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's do that. Paul George is from Los Angeles. Paul George grew up in L.A. And last year, while Paul George was playing for the Indiana Pacers, Paul George came out and said, I want to play for the L.A. Lakers. Well, the Pacers, what they did is they traded Paul George to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So at the beginning of this season, after being traded in the offseason, Paul George was now on the Thunder. They had a good new roster. They, had, they brought in Carmelo Anthony. They brought in Paul George. They already had Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. And the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, have had one year because his contract is up. Paul George's contract is up at the end of this season. It will be expired. He, he is an unrestricted free agent. So, the Thunder have had one year to convince Paul George to stay in Oklahoma City. Well, uh, right now, as it stands currently... The Oklahoma City Thunder are the sixth seed in the NBA Western Conference. And they're only one game away from being the ninth seed. It's such a tight race. The Spurs, the fifth seed, have 45 wins. The Thunder, the sixth seed, have 45 wins. The Pelicans, 44 wins. They're then seventh seed. The T-Wolves, the eighth seed, have 44 wins. And the Nuggets have 44 wins. 79 games to the point I'm talking to this very minute. It'll be it'll changed by the time this podcast is over. But... Currently, 79 games have been played in this year's NBA season. There are three left. If something crazy happens and the, the Oklahoma City Thunder don't win out, 
it's possible the Thunder could end up missing the playoffs. It's a very small chance, but it is possible. Now, Paul George was asked if the standings for the Oklahoma City Thunder, if being one game away from ninth place in the West, from possibly missing the playoffs. Paul George was asked by a reporter if this would affect his chances of staying in Oklahoma City and playing for the Thunder. When asked, Paul George said this. He said, I can see myself being here. He met Oklahoma City. I've been happy. I've been happy with the organization. I've been happy with my teammates. I'm going to skip ahead. He later says, I'm not going to let the playoffs or how we finish this season persuade or indicate where I'm going this offseason. Paul George said, whatever happens this year, it's not going to affect my decision at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that at all. Absolutely not true. I don't believe any of it. That's not true. You know, I don't know. I don't buy most of it. I, I, he probably has had some fun. He probably does like Oklahoma City more than we thought. I mean, it's not LA, but I'm sure he, he likes Applebee's and Red Lobster, whatever they have in Oklahoma City. Here's the thing. Paul George has been doing and saying all of the right things. And I I applaud him, man. That's awesome. Great. I'm so glad you're saying that. Because the last thing Paul George wants to do right now is stir up trouble. Not right before the playoffs. Not right before you're about to be a free agent. Don't cause any problems. Keep your head down. Play really well. And you're fine. But let's be honest. Paul George is not even considering staying in Oklahoma City. No way. Um, in fact, maybe that's why he says, I'm not going to let the playoffs affect my decision because he's already probably made up his mind. He's already gone. Does anybody actually think Paul George is going to stay in Oklahoma City? If you do, write in, tell me. Please let me know because I, I don't buy it one bit. <clears throat> Last year, the Indiana Pacers with Paul George Last year, the Pacers won 42 games. Their lone star was basically just Paul George. Paul George was basically by himself last year. He won 42 games. This season in Oklahoma City, the Thunder have last year's MVP, Russell Westbrook. They have the Hall of Famer, Carmelo Anthony, while he is waning, I'll be honest. They have a great inside man, Steven Adams. And again, they have Paul George. And yet, despite all of that, despite having a massively better team on paper than last year's, Indiana Pacers, Paul George's team is only a handful of games better. Why is that? Why is that? And not, not to make matters worse, he went from Indianapolis, a Midwest town to, oh, get ready, Oklahoma City. That's not really a better city. My friend's been to Oklahoma City, buddy Brandon lives in Dallas. He says, Oklahoma City, nothing to write home about. It's not great. It's not awful. It's not, you know, it's not, I don't know. I live in Pullman, Washington. It's not my tiny town of 20,000 people, but it's definitely not L.A. And last year, Paul George shot 46%. Now, this year, with the Thunder and with better teammates, Paul George is only shooting 42% from field goal range. And I'm of the belief, and I believe this, I play basketball, the better teammates you have the easier it is to take better shots. See, in my experience, when I play with better people, I make more shots because they have to spread the floor. They have to guard more people. They can't double-team Paul George. You would think 
with better teammates, Paul George would be shooting better, and he's not. He shot better in Indiana by himself. Now, to be fair, Paul George is shooting about the same three-point percentage, but it still remains. Why is Paul George's shooting percentage down from last year? Here's my, my thought, my theory, my opinion, my belief. In Oklahoma City, the ball goes through Russell Westbrook. So Paul George's worst, Paul George having a worse field goal percentage, you can argue the reason for the worst field goal percentage is because of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is not giving him good enough late looks. The ball goes through Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, as the point guard, it's his job to create shots for Paul George. He's not doing his job very well. Maybe that's a weak argument, but there's still an argument there. And the fact that there's an argument there is concerning because where there's smoke, there's fire. And I believe there is no way, there is no way Paul George will stay in Oklahoma City next year. Paul George is going to leave the Thunder. He is gone. He's out. So I have another NBA story for you guys. So Kyrie Irving's knee. Kyrie Irving's knee injury is worse than we all originally thought. And now Kyrie Irving is out for the rest of the season. He's out for the rest of the regular season and he's out for the rest of the playoffs. This is science medical term. I don't really understand. He had a minor surgery and they found bacterial infection in his knee. So they had to go back into his knee and take some wiring out or something. And he had to go back. So Kyrie Irving done for the season. Now, everybody in the media is telling me that this injury is a big deal. All my friends, everybody, Kyrie Irving's injury is a huge, important deal. Uh, I do not think this is. I don't. Kyrie Irving got injured. Oh, no. I, I don't care. It's not a big deal to me. Because I have a question for you. Does uh, Kyrie Irving play for the Rockets? Oh, he doesn't, does he? Does Kyrie Irving play for the Cavaliers? No, he does not. Does Kyrie Irving play for the Warriors? Uh Uh-uh, he doesn't. So the fact that Kyrie Irving has no chance at winning a championship, ah, that matters to me. Kyrie Irving gets hurt. Oh, well. The Celtics weren't going to win the finals anyways. They weren't even going to probably make it. They didn't have a chance. So if he's not LeBron or James Harden, or Kevin Durant, I don't care. There's there's only a handful of guys who can get injured and make me care at the end of this season like this. Because there, there are three teams that have a chance to win in the playoffs. Celtics never had a chance, even with Kyrie Irving. And, and the Cavaliers might not even have a chance. So these are the players that could get hurt and, in, and interest me. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, James Harden, Chris Paul, Kevin Love. And LeBron James. LeBron James will not get injured. He's never been injured. But those are the big deals. Because that would put the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Cavaliers in danger of not making it to the championship. That would put the Cavaliers out of contention. If Steph Curry or Kevin Durant is hurt, they're done. The Rockets are going to beat him. If, If James Harden gets hurt, the Rockets are screwed. It's over. Because the Celtics were never in contention, Kyrie Irving's injury just is not that big a deal to me. I, I don't care. It's not, it's not firing me up. Now, I want to talk about this because any SNI, I believe that's New England Sports Network's 
New England Sports Network, Darren Hartwell wrote an interesting article today saying that Kyrie Irving's injury is a blessing in disguise. I, I like this article. I'm going to, this is his thought, not mine right now. He says that Kyrie Irving's injury is a blessing in disguise. Now, the Celtics were not going to win at all. They had, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, they have Gordon Hayward who's banged up and they had Kyrie Irving. They were not going to win at all. And now the Celtics can fully invest in next season. I completely 100% agree with this article. It was awesome. Here's my take. Kyrie Irving is fully healthy next year. That sounds awesome. Because what I, what I hear is Kyrie Irving's injury in his knee was bothering him for months and months. It, it, Kyrie Irving has been healthy for a while. And now what the, the Celtics can do is completely focus on next season. Next season, they're going to have Kyrie Irving come back fully healthy. Gordon Hayward will come back fully healthy. Jason Tatum is going to be one year older. And LeBron James could be completely gone from the Western Conference. See, next year, the Celtics can gear up. They are prepared to win the Eastern Conference next year. Celtics can gear up. They have a great coach. Brad Stevens is incredible. Darren Hartwell is right. The Celtics are better positioned for next season now that Kyrie Irving has been ruled out for the rest of this year. The Celtics can forget it. They can scrap the year. Try to get some experience for Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and focus on next year. Because that next year could be special for the Celtics. Al Horford's older. Or Al Horford's back. Kyrie Irving's back. Gordon Hayward's 100%. And Jason Tatum will be one year older with a little bit of playoff experience. I don't care who you are. Your first time going to the playoffs, it's... Whoo, you get a little nervous. Your heart starts beating a little quick. Getting Jason Tatum some playoff experience matters. It's a real deal. Celtics are going to be better next year, and next year is their year to take over the Eastern Conference. Now, because Kyrie Irving got injured, it made me reflect on the rest of this season. I thought about it. I was like, man, Steph Curry's been hurt. Kevin Durant got hurt at one point. Kyrie Irving's out for the year. Gordon Hayward got hurt. Kevin Love got hurt. James Harden was dealt with a hamstring issue. Clay Thompson got hurt. You know what's crazy? It makes me ask this question. Is LeBron James an alien life form? Like, what in the, what in the world? LeBron James has never, ever, ever been hurt. In the NBA, everybody's hurt. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody, it seems like everybody is hurt. Not LeBron. Nope, not LeBron James. In fact, here, I would say this. I'm going to give credit to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, very similar to LeBron, never appears to get hurt. Say what you want about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, never injured. I'm not even a Russell Westbrook fan. I'll give him that, though. He's always available. There's something I've always wondered. I've always wondered about superhero identities. You know, we, we read the comic books. How come Peter Parker never played basketball? Hmm. I've always wondered, like, how come superheroes don't tone down their powers and play professional sports? I would love for that to happen. Like, if Clark Kent ever played in the NBA, he would be LeBron James. He would be so close to LeBron James. It's crazy. I've always wondered, like, that would be a great superhero movie. You could fund your adventures, do all this stuff, be a superhero. No one would think, oh, LeBron James, that's the guy fighting crime every night in New York. I think it'd be interesting. But I, I think it's funny. LeBron James is on 
unbelievable. Do you realize how incredible LeBron James is? It just, oh my God. If LeBron James had more championships, he's immediately the best. He's immediately the greatest of all time. I, I think I'm going to talk about that on Wednesday. I'm going to compare LeBron and Michael Jordan. <laughs> That'll be fun. You guys will hate me for that. I want to talk about this though. Last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers were down 17 points halfway through the fourth quarter against the Washington Wizards. And somehow, LeBron James was able to pull the Cavaliers to victory. Now, this is, you could say, all about perspective. You could also argue, well, the Wizards completely choked. Maybe we shouldn't make too big a deal out of this. Fair enough. But it's worth noting, with 7 minutes and 47 seconds left in the game, LeBron James came back into the game, down 17 points. And what followed was an unbelievable stretch of basketball. LeBron James led the Cavs on a 29-11 and run and tied the game back up at 110 each. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. And if you go, I encourage you to go watch this on YouTube. Go watch the highlights from the Cavaliers and Wizards. You, you look at it and you're like, wow, LeBron James had, it's like assist, assist, a three, an assist, a layup, 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 assist. I mean, it's like bang, 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 bang. LeBron, 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 LeBron. Wow. LeBron James took over. It's crazy. Again, it's not all LeBron. John Wall, you can make this argument. John Wall had a terrible, terrible turnover that sealed the deal. But my goodness. Whatever you want to argue, whether you think John Wall choked or you think LeBron James took over, whatever you want to say, the stats are undeniable. LeBron James, my goodness, he killed it. He dominated in the fourth quarter. He, he had help from teammates. Sure, he had Kyle Korver. But that, that comeback does not happen without LeBron James touching the ball every single play. I'll read it again. You watch on YouTube. You're like, he's got an assist. This is how it went. He went assist, assist, three-pointer, assist. Layup, 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 assist. Every single time the Cavs had the basketball, LeBron James created a scoring opportunity for the Cavs. And and notice, when LeBron James wants to play great defense, he does play great defense. I think he's saving himself for the playoffs. And we saw a hint last night in the fourth quarter against the Wizards. We saw a hint of what LeBron James is going to be in the playoffs. Because when LeBron James wants to play defense... Get out of the way, folks. He's incredible. All right. I am done putting LeBron James on a pedestal. Maybe I'm not, actually. Let's talk about this. Even with all of LeBron James' dominance, it's funny to me. Because even though LeBron James is just annihilating people, it's kind of come to consensus. Everybody's agreed that LeBron James is not the MVP. We, everybody agrees James Harden. James Harden is the MVP. So I'm not going to tell you what makes an MVP. I'm not going to tell you what should or shouldn't. I'm just going to observe. I'm going to tell you what I've observed of the last about year and a half in basketball. So last year's MVP voting taught me one thing. If you watch the voting last year, The MVP was decided because of statistics. Everybody said 
Russell Westbrook has a triple-double. He's averaging a triple-double. Clearly, he's the MVP. What we did last year was we made the NBA MVP all about stats. And I'm going to follow that. I'm going to follow the precedent that you guys and the voters set. The precedent was sent. The precedent was set that statistics equal MVP. And if that's the case, let's take a look at him. Let's look at the stats. Because right now, LeBron James, he's shooting 54%. His field goal percentage is 54%. He's shooting 36% from field goal range. 73%. From the free throw line, he's averaging 8.7 rebounds per game, 9.2 assists per game, and 27.5 points per game. You probably forgot all those. I'm going to go through it again. LeBron James right now, compared to James Harden, has a better field goal percentage. He's shooting the same exact three-point percentage. He's got more rebounds, 687 to 381 total. He's got more assists. He averages more assists per game. 9.2 to 8.7. He's got more assist total. His assist count is 723 to James Harden, 611. And somehow, as of this morning, LeBron James has more points than James Harden. I get it. Maybe you want to argue that the reason why James Harden has more points per game, 30 versus 27.5, is, uh, here's my, I, I think it's because of free throw shots. James Harden shoots a lot of free throws. He makes more. But my goodness, when I when I sat down to plan this segment, my plan was to say, clearly James Harden should be the MVP. Look at his stats. And when I looked at the stats, I found out that James Harden, 45% shooting. LeBron James, 54. Same three-point percentage. Okay, so James Harden shoots better from the free throw line, but that's about the only stat James Harden has over LeBron James. You're going to give James Harden the MVP because he shoots better from the free throw line? What? What? Because, again, here's what I learned last year. Last year, Russell Westbrook was the consensus MVP because of statistics. So why is James Harden the consensus MVP this year? I don't understand. Because... LeBron James has had less help than James Harden. LeBron James had Kevin Love hurt all year. Is is it because, and you tell me, I don't understand. Is it because James Harden plays in the Western Conference? Is that it? Like, I don't understand. Why is LeBron James not an MVP favorite? Why is he not even in the discussion? Why is it immediately James Harden? Here's what it feels like. It feels like, Everybody's saying, well, it's James Harden's turn to be MVP. LeBron James has had it enough. Let's share it with the younger brother, James Harden. I'm not trying to say James Harden isn't having a great year. He absolutely has an argument. They're neck and neck. But if you go to statistics, like we did last year, LeBron James actually has better statistics. Come on, guys. Man, it feels like every time LeBron James is lined up for a field goal, you move move the goalposts. Like, what are the parameters here? What are the goals? Is it about stats or is it not about stats? Because last year, it was all about stats. 
And this year, everybody's saying, well, the MVP should go to the best player on the best team, which is James Harden. It didn't last year. Last year, Russell Westbrook's team was the sixth seed in the Western Conference. But suddenly, being the best team in the NBA, suddenly that matters. You are always changing the parameters on LeBron. I love James Harden. But guys, you're saying that LeBron James shouldn't even be considered? What about last year? There's no consistency. That's maybe the point of this. There's no consistency. People have decided that the MVP is all about stats. And then they decide now it's about the best player on the best team. What is it? Because there's no clear definition. And that lack of a clear definition drives me nuts. If you ask me, LeBron James is the NBA MVP. However, they're neck and neck. If you want to go James Harden, dude, fine. Go for it. I have no, I'm not mad. I don't care. But at least admit it's, it's an argument. They're neck and neck. At least admit that before you just say, no, it's clearly James Harden. Why is it clearly James Harden? People just get bored of success. I mean, this is why Tom Brady winning an MVP at 40 is so amazing. Because we get so easily bored of success. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why, why isn't LeBron James at least being considered? Please, you tell me. All right, I want to shift gears now to the NFL. We're going to talk about, I'm going to take a short break. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about baseball. Are the Patriots pursuing Odell Beckham Jr.? Could that actually happen? We'll talk about that next. My name is Zach Schaumler. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube, as well as my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I do, help me out. Help me grow this channel by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumer. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. I want to make something very clear. Uh, the Rams are going all out. The Rams are going all out to try and win a Super Bowl next year. The Rams traded for Marcus Peters. Aqib Tlaib. They traded for Brandon Cooks. They signed Indomitian Sue. And after losing last year in the wild card round of the playoffs, the Rams are doing everything they can to win a Super Bowl next year. Now, Wednesday, I pointed out that the aftermath of this, the consequence of going all out, is going to be harmful. That it could be very messy after the Rams Super Bowl run. But I want to be extremely clear. I want to be very, very clear. I want you guys to know. I believe the Rams are doing the right thing. There's a brief window for the Rams. Right now, Jared Goff is relatively cheap. And I think right now, your job, if you're the Rams, is to slide all of your chips into the middle of the table. Do everything you can to win a Super Bowl now. The Rams are doing it, man. And I 100% support what the Rams are doing. I like what they're doing. I like their strategy. Yeah, I played quarterback. I played quarterback back in the day. I played in college a little bit. The throws I regret the most are the throws that I never tried. I'm not saying I wish I'd forced it into triple coverage, but I know I had a 6'5 wide receiver. I had another guy who was 6'2 and incredibly fast. 
I wish I'd thrown more jump balls to my 6'5 receiver. I wish I'd try to throw more deep balls to Bryson. See, the chances that you regret are the chances that you didn't take. You know what I don't think about? I never think about, I don't know, some random, I don't even remember my interceptions. I don't. What I remember is there was a play, Marcus Lord running down the sideline. I didn't throw it to him. I checked down. We got, we had a five yard gain, but it was first and 10. Marcus had one-on-one coverage and I didn't throw the ball to him. I didn't take a chance. And that's what I regret the most. Rams right now, they are doing incredible things. They're the most exciting team maybe in the entire NFL. And the Rams are LA's team. Not the Chargers. Right now, LA's team is the Rams. Like, who, who are the Chargers? Nobody knows. And I just, I strongly believe if you have a chance at a Super Bowl, you go for it. Don't screw the future. Who cares about 2020? Right now is the time for the Rams to go after the Super Bowl. I took a job once in LA working on a movie and I just went for it. And it was the best decision of my entire life. I don't think the Rams are going to be a complete crap pile when they're done. They're still going to have Jared Goff. They're probably going to have Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald. The Rams will be a playoff team even after their Super Bowl run, but they're they're going for it right now. They're going to lose a lot of contracts afterwards. It's going to be a mess, but it's absolutely worth it. I believe the Rams are doing the right thing by putting all their chips in the middle of the table and going after a Super Bowl because that's what you do when you have a chance. You go for it. You ask the girl the coffee. You t- take that job. You go to college. You start a podcast. It's okay to take chances. And that's what the Rams are doing. I love it. I support it 100%. All right. I'm going to drink some water. I'm still, you know, I had a sinus infection. I'm still getting over that sinus infection. It's ridiculous how bad those things are. Oh, my goodness. There are two rumors right now about the Patriots that I absolutely love. Oh, I love them. There's one I buy, and there's one rumor that I just do not can't get on board with. So the Patriots traded Brandon Cooks to the Rams. And the aftermath of that trade was the Patriots had two first round draft picks. The Patriots now have two chess pieces. Now, here's what I I think the Patriots are going to trade for a left tackle. But there are two rumors right now that the Patriots, rumors of what the Patriots could do with their draft picks. The first rumor is this. There's a rumor that the Patriots trade both of their first round draft picks and go after Odell Beckham Jr. Hmm. Hmm. I I, I love this. Oh my goodness. To see Tom Brady throwing passes to Odell Beckham Jr. I would, oh, I I would die for that. I love that. Heck yeah. But that's, that's never going to happen. That's the one I don't buy. It's not, it's not going to happen. Maybe, maybe. Odell Beckham Jr. could work in New England. And maybe, by an act of God, <laughs> Bill Belichick could rope in Odell Beckham Jr., calm him down, and, and keep him going. But here's the thing. Bill Belichick has said he does not want to coach guys he doesn't like anymore. I don't think he would like Bill Belichick. I don't think he would want to coach Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think Bill Belichick wants to work with guys like that. Bill Belichick does not want to coach Odell Beckham Jr. And Bill Belichick doesn't 
want to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. Now, the other reason why this will never happen is the Patriots just signed former second-round draft pick wide receiver Jordan Matthews. He's a smart guy. He's a Vanderbilt guy. From what I've heard, he's a Patriots kind of guy. And the reason why nobody's really talking about it, he's kind of a diamond in the rough. Jordan Matthews went to Buffalo and completely disappeared. Now, if you remember, Chris Hogan, the fantastic Patriots wide receiver, he took the exact same route. Chris Hogan went to Buffalo. Chris Hogan was not noteworthy in Buffalo. He came to the Patriots, and the Patriots were able to maximize his potential. We could see that from Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews is not incredibly fast. He's a possession receiver. But physically, look at his combine results. He's a stud. He's a second-round pick. He's not, he's not no slouch. And I think it's true. The Patriots could have quietly made a really big trade by adding a really big signing, a really big move by signing Jordan Matthews. They didn't trade for him. They signed him. I think think that could quietly be a great move. So Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to the Patriots. Now, maybe Sam Darnold could. Is that possible? The rumor is the Patriots might trade both of their first-round draft picks to move into the top four and go get one of the rookie quarterbacks. Woo! Oh, I love that. I want to hear that more. What are the two biggest holes right now on the Patriots roster? The Patriots have no left tackle, and the Patriots have no plan at quarterback after Tom Brady. I think the left tackle is the more immediate issue. I think the Patriots are going to use their chess pieces to go get a left tackle because you can't win next year without a left tackle. Tom Brady must have a left tackle in order for you to win. But you may not be able to win next year without a left tackle. In two years, when Tom Brady retires, you can't win without a quarterback. You can trade for a left tackle. That, that's possible. Your quarterbacks are even rarer. As rare as it as rare as is, as rare it is is is. I can't even talk. As hard as it is to find a left tackle, it's even harder to find a franchise quarterback. I would love more than anything to see the Patriots move up and go get Sam Darnold. You're telling me we could see Sam Darnold and Bill Belichick work together? Woo! Those personalities are a match made in heaven. God, I would do anything. I would do anything to watch that. Now, I think it would cost more because I think to get Sam Darnold, you have to move up to the number one overall pick. And I think it's going to cost more than just those first two picks. I think you'd have to give the Browns number one, the, the both first round picks and... Rob Gronkowski. But if the Browns gave up a quarterback like Sam Darnold for two first-round draft picks and Rob Gronkowski, man, the Patriots would be just stealing from the Browns. Oh, my goodness. Now, here's what, here's what I don't want to see from the Patriots. I do not want to see the Patriots use their draft picks and draft like a linebacker and a safety. I just... I want to see a left tackle get brought to the Patriots. I want to see the Patriots go get a quarterback. Linebackers, they're not, they're not, I mean, I'm not saying they're expendable, but a quarterback and a left tackle, those you need to win. You need a left tackle now and you need a quarterback in two years. You'd better go make that happen. That's what I want to see the Patriots do with their chess pieces, which are the two first round draft picks. 
It's a fun time of year, man. Oh my goodness. Right now we have, you know, we have the NBA playoffs. We're going to ha- about to have the NBA draft. And then there's baseball. Baseball for me doesn't really start until October. I just, I have a hard time making myself care. However, I've come up with three great reasons to watch baseball before the playoffs start. These are three reasons to watch baseball before October. The first reason is a guy named John Carlo Stanton. Oh my goodness. He's incredible. He, he's a power hitter, plays for the Yankees. He's going to hit a ton of home runs this year for the Yankees. Him and Aaron Judge combined, the Yankees could break the home run record. I mean, the way that baseball shifted where guys are not afraid to strike out, they're swinging for the fences every time. And the way pitchers are throwing, they would rather give up a home run than walk a guy, leave guys on base. You'd rather give up a one-run home run than load up the bases. That culture has created more home runs, which makes the Yankees' power hitters just incredibly fascinating. So that's reason number one is John Carlos Stanton with the Yankees. Number two is Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is my favorite player in all of baseball. I just love Bryce Harper. I like him when he's yelling. I like him when he's getting in fights. I like him when he's throwing things. I like it when Bryce Harper's hitting home runs. Bryce Harper, before the playoffs last year, Bryce Harper was the only reason I was brought to a television to watch baseball. Bryce Harper is so polarizing. He's so fascinating. I just love Bryce Harper. Now, the third reason is probably to you guys the most interesting. I love Bryce Harper, but I can admit, man, Shuhei Otani for the Angels is just mind-boggling. He's one of those guys like I have to watch. He he makes me watch YouTube videos of baseball, and I don't watch baseball. Shuhei Otani can pitch. Shuhei Otani can hit. Now, mind you, he's not John Carlos Stanton. He's not the best hitter in baseball, and he's not Clayton Kershaw. But he is a legitimate starting pitcher, and he is a legitimate batter in the MLB. He, he bats in the eighth spot for the Angels, but he do, does have two home runs. I mean, he looks, looks pretty good. His first at-bat for the Angels, he hit a home run. First at-bat in the Angels in L.A., I should add. In L.A. He also just got a win pitching. That's crazy. My goodness. Again, he's not the best pitcher in baseball. He's not the best pitcher on the Angels. But man, Shuhei Atani, that's, that's a fascinating story. A guy that can pitch, a guy that can hit. I mean, he's... He's not useless. You use him on the days he pitches, and then the rest of the week he can go play another position and play and bat. That's interesting. That's fun. That's something I want to see from baseball. So my three reasons to watch baseball before October are John Carlos Stanton, Bryce Harper, and Shuhei Otani. Those three people are just so, so fascinating and really grabbing my attention. All right, that's almost all I have for today's show. I do have next week... Sometime next week, I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson. I've been watching a ton of film. I've seen some very encouraging things. I'm excited to share that with you guys. I also want to say this. I've, I got some comments yesterday about the background, about this uh, big, beautiful gray wall behind me. Look, guys, I, I, I acknowledge I would love for the set for this show to look better. I wish I was using a 4K camera. I wish I had a better haircut. I wish I was wearing a perfect shirt every time. The truth is, right now, I can't. I'm a college student. I live in a dorm room. That's the truth. That's what happens. 
what I'm going to do right now, because someday I want to put the show live on Twitch. Someday I want to have a producer operating a switcher with multiple camera angles. I want to have an incredible studio. But right now, because I live in a dorm room and because I only have, I'm about to get 800 subscribers on YouTube, I'm going to focus on growing my audience by making the best, most interesting topics I possibly can. I'm going to talk about as much sports as I can. I'm going to be taking, I take really good care to have really good justifications for my topics. I don't care about being wrong. I don't care if you guys hate me. Some people hate me. That's fine. Colin Cowherd was once called the most hated person in all of sports. I don't mind if you hate me. In fact, what I don't want to be is Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick, I find incredibly boring. So I come out with very strong opinions, but I try to always back them up. I try to have good reasons that make sense for why I believe my opinions. I don't just throw something out there carelessly. Uh, You know, I I just, I'm going to focus on doing the best show I possibly can. That wall is going to change someday, but that's no time soon. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm not bothered by that at all. It's a gray wall. If you're here for the gray wall, you're probably here for the wrong reason because This show is about the things I say. It's about sports. It's about your passion for sports, my passion for sports. I really hope you're not here because you're passionate about the gray wall because the gray wall, not that great. That's all I have, guys. My name is Zach Schaumler. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you like this podcast as much as I do, Help me grow this channel by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening. I'm going to go and watch Blockers tonight. I saw A Quiet Place last night. Oh, man. Great movie. You can also listen to Zach's Movie Club, another podcast on YouTube and SoundCloud and everywhere else. I just started that last weekend. I love movies. I'm excited to go watch Blockers tonight. Please, guys, um, keep living life. Keep loving life. I really am grateful for you guys. The, uh, The amount of support I got... I'm going to say that I should go, but screw it. You know, Conor McGregor's going on this crazy rampage all over New York last night. And uh, I I kept getting text messages and I kept getting people DMing me on Instagram and on Twitter and, you know, commenting and finding me on Facebook. And it was encouraging and just so cool. Like we've built a community and you guys reach out and you're, I want to hear about this. And so I lead with that. And I, I just... Strong Opinion Sports is my favorite thing in the entire world. And I'm so grateful for you guys. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. But I'm bum. Bam, we're done.